I, I think we're back online. Is that right? We're streaming again, Matthew? Oh, man, I could see Matthew when he's stressed. And uh, he was running around trying to get that taken care of. So I appreciate you guys doing that. And welcome to those who are online finally. I guess some technical difficulties were there. And uh, it's, it's great to see Alan Kidd. Good job. Okay, I was thinking, Alan didn't make it again this week. What's wrong with that man? Anyway, he's here. Good deal. Uh, and I, so many of you. Man, last week was so great. This week is so great. We're seeing more faces and, and some folks and some surgeries I didn't know about happened. And some people that I should have been praying for that I felt bad, but she's doing well. So that's great. And some things have happened. There's babies that I have not seen that have shown up. And some grandparents that are excited here today. And so, uh, man, it is, it is good to be back together. We've been going through Daniel. Today I'm wrapping it up. Uh, I know. Oh, well, we're, we're chapter 10. How many have read chapter 10? Okay, good. So I'm not going to disappoint you. I, have, I will encourage you to read chapter. If you, wanna, if you want to, uh, to have some, I don't, I'm not going to say fun, uh, challenge read chapter 10, 11, and 12 of Daniel. We, we leave behind the stories, and we're into visions of Daniel, that d- visions that Daniel is having. And so that's where we are today. Before I do that, I, I, when I was growing up, I was real familiar in the church of having what is called a revival. It was, it was, and this was the revival. The revival was planned one week every year about the same time every year. How many of you are familiar with that kind of revival? Planned and, and there, I, I would say that I was not, a, you know, I, at my age, I was not excited about it, you know. Uh, I was not one who sat through sermons really well, and so now I had to do that five days in the week, right? I had to sit still, and, and it good, which meant a good chance that maybe half those times I'm going to go home and get, get something because I didn't sit down and, and behave anywhere. I, I would definitely say that there was, there was uh, messages that, that actually broke through and, and you know, ha- had some kind of an effect on me. Uh, th- there's something called the Great Awakening. And, and the Great Awakening was a revival that happened a long time ago. I mean, it was, an, uh, it was, it was a, 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 a truth-revealing, a spirit-leading uh, revival that took place in the 1700s, like 1730s, 1740s. Men like John Wesley, um, let me see, uh, definitely Jonathan Edwards uh, was involved in that, along with George Whitfield. There's others that, that man, the preaching, it went from colonies throughout the Americas and, and other nations. Uh, and, and there was just a, an igniting a revival. And, and the revival was in a time of complacency. I mean, just life, and, and life was just kind of dead in any kind of, uh, any kind of relationship with God. And so a revival took place. But I, I want to tell you, today I want to share with you out of Daniel chapter 12. We're looking at four verses. I wanted to keep it simple. Daniel chapter 12, uh, the first four verses, there is a, a great awakening. I think the, the term great awakening uh, actually came first through what God is speaking in, in 12, 1 through 4. There's a great awakening in 12, 1 through 4 that I want us to be sure, certain of uh, as we go through that. To get to 12, I want to make sure you know what was in 10 and 11. In, in chapter 10, Daniel has another vision, 
But this vision is completely different than the visions or dreams he's had the previous two times. If, you're, if you've been with me, you know that uh, previous chapters, he's had visions of, of great beasts. I mean, uh, a bear with, with ribs in its mouth. You've, you saw a leopard with four heads and, and wings. Uh, a lion that had wings. Uh, the second vision had like goat, a goat and a ram present. And, and, and the imagery of horns that represent, we talked about was representing kings. And, and, and those kind of things were taking place. But in, in chapter uh, 10, a revealer comes before David, and the, and the imagery, man, he's, he's adorned splendidly, uh, just to put it that way. He, uh, it, it goes into detail about how this, this uh, revealer is, is just adorned. And, and the real key verse, I believe, in that chapter 10 is verse 14. Verse 14 says and why he's coming and what he's about to reveal. He says to Daniel, uh, in, in verse 14, he says, um, Now I have come to explain to you what will happen to your people in the future. For the vision concerns a time yet to come. So, so now the visions before have been the same thing. These are things that's going to unfold the kingdoms that are coming, and, and it's going to unfold, and, and, and it's all in this imagery. But now, when it comes to chapter 10, he begins to lay it out. But in detail, no imagery, no animals, no beasts are explained. We're talking about kings and we're talking about nations. Uh, that includes Persia, like we talked about, and Greece. It includes Egypt, uh, definitely Palestine. Uh, uh, characters, uh, definitely like Alexander the Great is in there. Uh, and and uh, the, the one we mentioned last week, Antiochus Epiphanes, is in there as well. And it all leads up to that one time in history that, that, uh, of Jesus and his coming. It all leads up to that time of, of, of Jesus and his coming. Let me read, and, and, and then chapter 12 actually identifies again, like we did last week, if you were with us, the end. Chapter 12, verses 1 through 4. All this time leading up to here leads to chapter 12, verses 1 through 4. Verse 1 says, at that time, Michael, the great prince, who earlier on we find out he is an angel, who protects your people, will arise. There will be a time of distress such as not happened from the beginning of nations until then. But at that time, your, um, your people, everyone whose name is found written in the book, will be delivered. Good promise, right? Verse 2, multitudes who sleep in the dust of the earth will awake, some to everlasting life, others to shame and everlasting contempt. Those who are wise will shine like the brightness of the heavens, and those who lead many to righteousness, like the stars forever and ever. But you, Daniel, roll up and seal the words of the scroll until the time of the end. Many will go here and there to increase knowledge. And we're going to stop there. Again, you know, as he concluded, roll up the, the words of the scroll until the time of the end. So when is the end? When is the end? There, there are two schools. And I, I just want to make, make this clear where I'm coming from this morning. There are, there's thinking that, that especially beginning in verse 36 of chapter 11, that, that what begins to happen there is, as a matter of fact, we all align with history. We can see it all the way up through Antiochus Epiphanes. But in verse 36... 
there, there is a school of thinking that, that is looking that the end is way ahead. I mean, it's even ahead for us. Daniel sees this vision, and it has not come yet. Okay? And, and uh, uh, that those people are believers in Christ, and they're brothers and sisters in Christ. We just don't see the same thing here. And, and that, that doesn't divide us. I mean, it doesn't divide us uh, from, from Christ. It doesn't separate us from Christ. I, I do believe there's a teaching here uh, uh, about continued history. I, I believe it still is within the, that realm of from when Babylon ended uh, and where that process of Darius and, and uh, Persia, the Medes and Persians right now, and now unfolding up until that time of Jesus and through that time of Jesus until the great conclusion is, is the fall of Jerusalem that happened in A.D. 70. So I want to let you know that's, that's what uh, I'm, I'm looking at. That's how I'm actually uh, translating or looking at chapter 12 and these four verses. Uh, and it sounds like, man, there's distress, which some would say, oh, that's the tribulation yet to come. But there's distress when it comes to the fall of Jerusalem and the absolute complete end of Israel as a nation. The absolute complete end of, as it said back in chapter 10 uh, to, to Daniel, I'm going to show you the end and, and what's going to happen to your people. Okay? So, so that's, that's where we're coming from this morning. Uh, the re, one of the reasons I think uh, uh, Jesus even spoke to the, the end or the destruction of Jerusalem. In Luke chapter 21, 23, and 24, uh, there Luke uh, Luke records Jesus saying how dreadful it will be in those days for re- pregnant women and nursing mothers. There will be great distress in the land and wrath against this people. They will fall by the sword and will be taken as prisoners to all the nations. Jerusalem will be trampled on by the Gentiles until the time of the Gentiles are fulfilled. So I, I just, uh, again, I want to make sure we're on the same page. What, what we're reading in verses 1 through 4 has already taken place. Okay? Again, if, if, if you're leaning and you say, man, no, I've, I've heard someone talking, and verses here, we're looking ahead. Now, I, there is a difference in that. I, and, and especially in our times, here's some of the things that, that I've seen. And, and even growing up, uh, we are being very attentive to what's happening here and, and there over nations. Matter of fact, I even, even heard the conversation of, uh, I wonder if, if the coronavirus is one of the bulls being pulled out, poured out in Revelation, you know? It's that kind of thinking. We're looking for signs. We're looking for indications of Jesus coming and return. And we're very attentive to that. What, what I'm saying today, and I don't have any problem with that. Uh, matter of fact, the signs of the times, there's lots of signs of the times. I think Jesus is on his way. I think it's going to be, I, you know, matter of fact, I'm anxious for it. I hope it happens any day now, right? Are you with me? Because that's a good day. <laughs> that's, a, that's a new beginning of something, of out of the brokenness and things we see, especially when, now I love my family. I just spent Nana and Papa Camp. That's not why I'm saying this. I, I just spent Nana and Papa Camp. We had eight grandkids with our family, and, and I survived. I'm awake this morning. It, it, was, it was wonderful. And I love my life. I love my life. But I, I tell you what, in the scriptures, there's a promise of something even better coming. Something grander, something where there's no more pain and suffering. And in this world, there's a lot of pain and suffering. 
The brokenness in our own nation right now is absolutely ungodly, right? We'll just say that. It's ungodly. It's not of God. And I, 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 I always had this idea in mind that Jesus is standing there saying, now, Lord, now? And he said, no, not yet, not yet. Uh, now God or, you know, Father, but yeah, I, I don't think that's what's happening. I think Jesus is ready. He's, he's going to come when, when the appointed time is. Uh, because he's anxious, I think I'm, I'm definitely anxious as well. I hope you are too. But God is patient. So when we see troubles coming, we're wondering, where are you? Know that God is patient. Now, in, in the passage, the way I look at it is something great has happened. And it's something that we live every day. It's not something, there, there is definitely something for it to be completed and look forward to, but there is something to be excited about today, and don't miss this. In verses 1 through 4, now in chapter 1, in verse 1, I want to be real clear about uh, what I think is taking place here, is the great distress they're facing is that destruction of Jerusalem. It is, it is written by Josephus to be a, one, one of the worst things that's ever happened. There was starvation and then a trampling of the people. A, a destruction of Jerusalem and the taking down of, of the temple. Rome just absolutely flattened Jerusalem at, at this time. And so at, at the end it says, But at that time your people, everyone whose name is found written in the book, will be delivered. And I think we find out what that means in, verses, in verse 2. And I really want to focus on verse 2 with you this morning. Verse 2, which is, will, will bring up our first point, says, Multitudes who sleep in the dust of the earth will awake. And that's really key. Some will say, well, that sounds like the resurrection. People out of the dust, that's the resurrection. But if we understand the language in the New Testament, there is a death about all people today. And what is that death? That death is an ignoring or a rejection of the God uh, who, who has created us. It is a rejection uh, or, or absolute just not remembering the God who created us. Uh, look at it. And, and, and the fact is, is that Jesus came to awaken people. That's why Jesus came. Oh, it's all over the New Testament. Uh, matter of fact, it, it, looking at John, John has a great beginning introducing Jesus and his coming. He calls Jesus the true light. He, he says, the true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not uh, receive him. Now, yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Do you, do you, hear, do you hear that? Daniel, I, I believe in that passage it's saying that you're, there's going to be an awakening. There's going to be an awakening. Guess who does the awakening? It is that light that comes into this world. It is Jesus that comes into this world. And, and not only does he make... Uh, and, and the very purpose is to make God known because he's been ignored. I, even to his own nation, predominantly, he was ignored by his own nation that sent him into captivity. And, and now he's opened it up to this world to awaken those who are dead in their understanding and their, their knowing God to awaken them by that light. So that they could become, not, not only just be aware of him, but to become children of God. 
to be connected to the Creator. Oh, well, I, I thought there would be an amen in there. That's okay. You're all sleeping. No. <laughs> there ought to, there's some excitement in that. That, that, that. that has happened, and it continues to happen in the world today. Matthew, I, I, I want to also make this connection in Matthew 4, 16 and 17. Uh, this, this is that time where John's ministry is decreasing. John the Baptist's ministry is decreasing. And this is what is stated concerning the ministry of Jesus. It says, the people living in the land of the shadow of death, uh, of, of death, a light has dawned. Did you hear that? People living in the shadow of death, a light has dawned. Jesus began to preach, repent, the kingdom of heaven is near. Yeah, he, he began to, to shine more and more, as, especially as he entered into, had the opportunity to enter into his ministry. He began to preach the coming of the kingdom. The coming of the kingdom is near. And he began to shine that light to, to people who, 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 that death is existing within him. Listen, as we go on through verse 2, it says, Multitudes who sleep in the dust of the earth will awake. It says, first of all, some to everlasting life. Uh, many people are going to come to life, are going to be awakened to life. From that dead state to, to a, 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 a state of life, of everlasting life, the, the scripture says. In John chapter 5, verses 24 and 25. Jesus said, very truly, I tell you, and, and he spoke this to the Pharisees, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me, that is God, uh, believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not be judged but has crossed over from death to life. Do, do you understand what position you had before God until you came to know Jesus? Death was working in you. The corruption of sin and death works in you until you understand or see and, and revealed uh, the, the God of salvation through his very death. And you begin to recognize that God is. And not only that, but that God loves. And God desires to be in relationship with you. You see that? And that working in that? This is exactly, this was the great transition from the Old Testament that was based upon laws to, to now the New Testament that is now based upon his grace. And his grace was all over that cross because he paid our debt for the sinfulness that we have. That's, that brings us from death into life. You see, that's what we celebrate. That's, that's what we celebrate on Sunday is because we have a life today to be lived, to be realized, and to enjoy. That's exactly what uh, uh, Paul reminds the Ephesians. In Ephesians 2.1, when, when he begins, he's laying out their salvation for them. But it begins here. is that you at one time were dead in your transgressions and sin. You were dead. But now, because through faith in Jesus Christ, there's life. And it comes through that grace. It comes through the love of the Father. Are you with me? Are you all with me tracking? Okay, okay. Because there's others that will be awakened. I, I believe because in the second part of that verse it says, okay, there are those who are going to be awakened to everlasting life, but there's others who are going to be awakened to shame. They're going to be awakened to shame and everlasting contempt. Second one, many will be awakened to, to shame. Well, what, what is that talking about? Uh, 
many are going to reject him. There, there are those today, we know that there are people around that maybe you've spoken to that are just adamantly saying, no, that, that religion thing is not for me or that Jesus thing is not for me. And, and they're going to continue in their denial, which means, which absolutely means they're going to continue in their death. They're going to continue to live in the corruption of death. Pray for those, okay? Pray for people who openly reject. There are, there are also people who, who live a life believing in Jesus yet are ashamed of Jesus, believing in Jesus and yet are ashamed. I mean, they might go to church. They might go to church and things, but yet the life they live has no representation of Christ in them. You know what I'm saying? Do you understand? I don't think it's just people who are absolutely rejecting. I think there's people who who are, you know, oh yeah, I'll recognize Jesus and and I'll go to church or I'll go do something and and, and recognize, but, but man, the, the life throughout the week is, is theirs and theirs alone. I, and the reason I say that is because I remember the Pharisees, you know, they, there were some of the Pharisees, those who ended up, you know, killing Jesus. Uh, but uh, even amongst the Pharisees, there's some who believed him, but, but were more concerned about their position, uh, their place as a Pharisee, than they were about accepting and living the truth. Sometimes we, I mean, it's th- things of the world sometimes there's things in the world that we don't want to let go of. And, and so we hold on to that, and we might take a little bit of this and a little bit of that. But that's not exactly what Jesus did or, or called us to. He called us to pursue him. Matter of fact, the way he put it in that same place was, hey, take up your cross and follow me. That doesn't sound like, oh, just attend church on Sundays. <laughs> I, I, I want to be straight with you. I am Concerned always for our congregation that we have people who come and attend and really are not connected to Jesus. We're not about Sunday morning attendance. We're about people being connected to Jesus. Why? Because he is the life. He's the light of the world. And and it's through that light that we have life. Okay, I just, just clear. Isn't that cool that's in Daniel? Isn't that cool that's in Daniel? So the, the, the thing is, is that the wise choose Jesus. The wise choose Jesus. The wise people, I mean, it, it's a no-brainer. They choose life. They choose life. Before I'm done, I want to I make another point. And it really comes out of verse 3. And, and this is what calls me, and, and I look at this, but it, it is speaking to those who are wise. Look, let me read verse 3 again. Those who are wise will shine like the brightness of the heavens. Those who are wise will shine like the brightness of heavens, and those who lead many to righteousness. Um, like the stars forever and ever. It's talking about those who have made that decision in this life to shine Jesus. Or, or that the light has affected and life is here now. Now guess what? Jesus said it this way. You know, he is the light of the world, but now he says, you are the light of the world. You're the salt of the earth. You're the ones who have the opportunity to affect the world around us. What? For life. That, that no longer... Uh, will the people... I mean, family members, am I right? There's family members... There are people in our neighborhoods, there are people that you work with, there are people that you guys go to school with that are dead in their transgressions and sins. 
they continue to be dead because of a, either a continued rec, uh, uh, rejection of Jesus or they just haven't heard. And that's very possible in this world we live in today. It's very possible that they have no great understanding. Maybe the only understanding they have is Jesus was a good teacher or that Jesus was a radical. But they have no idea that, that he came into this world for them personally and died and carried their load of sin upon their shoulders. You see, this, I, I want to make very clear, again, what, what's stated here is, has taken place. This is, this is one reason why we celebrate this, is to remember what Jesus has done for us. We have life. We have uh, we have the light working within us through Jesus Christ. They shine. Uh, th those who are wise and receive are going to be bearing fruit. They're going to be active in affecting the world around us. And that's what we want to do as the children. Not only that, uh, uh, that we're, we're here worshiping on Sunday morning, but again, it is that fact that we are living for Jesus and we are affecting our community. Uh, I mean, the scriptures lay out some great examples, right? Some people even in the Old Testament who, who uh, uh, well, even Abraham was bragged about because of his faith. Because he was focused upon God and he, he followed his word. He, he followed and, and listened. So he was, he was justified, not through that he did everything right. Because if you read Abraham's story, you know he didn't do everything right. But he was faithful. And then we think about Daniel uh, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, right? The four young men of this, this Daniel, uh, book of Daniel. And we saw an example uh, amongst many other Jews who came into this Babylon. And it was four that we're talking about. Four that were faithful. Four that remained faithful. And I don't think it's because they became faithful once they were taken into captivity. They were faithful before. They were faithful. They were trusting God before. And when they went into captivity, remember some of the things they did? They weren't going to compromise their faith. They were going to pursue loving God through, through you know, even eating vegetables. Uh, take that to note. No, it, it actually, it wasn't just eating vegetables. It was not eating uh, uh, the defiled meat that was sacrificed to other gods. Did not want to take that chance of, of being disobedient before God. Uh, didn't want to take, I mean, would not bow their knee before an idol when the music played. They weren't going to do it. Even if they faced the flames, they weren't going to do it. And, and, and then, of course, Daniel, even though he faced the lion's den, he was not going to pray to anyone else but to God. And no one's going to tell him not, that he can't pray. He, that, that was, I mean, that's his relationship with God. There, there's an example set throughout Daniel. I hope that you've gleaned from that and have been challenged by that as well. But you know what? We're called in this world today. We're called in this world today to live on behalf of Jesus. To live the light, to live the truth of, of Jesus Christ. In order that those around us who are still the walking dead may come to know the life. Amen? Amen. 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 We're going to pray. I, and, and in this prayer, man, to be a church that truly loves and is living Jesus Christ, that's our pursuit. That's our challenge. 
that, that we are uh, living for Jesus and that as a congregation that we're going uh, to affect Junction City or Wakefield, Milford, Chapman, uh, Fort Riley. We're going we're gonna to have an effect as we shine that light of Jesus. Are you with me in that? Amen. Uh, let's, let's pray. Father in heaven, we praise you and we thank you for every day that you give to us. We especially, Lord, come before you this morning to, to thank you for Jesus. To praise you and, and to recognize the fact that you have created for us a salvation that's based upon your mercy through that, that wonderful grace of sending Jesus to die upon the cross. Father, I pray that if there's, there's someone here this morning that needs to take that first step and to receive you, Lord, to repent of their sinfulness and, and to, to come and acknowledge that you truly are God, that light shining in their hearts, we pray that begins today. And Lord, if there are those amongst us, Lord, that needs to repent because we forget some of these things, Lord, and that world is so easy to slide back into, we pray, Father, that you bring us to that repentance and that confession, Lord, and a, and a passion to follow after you and to seek to serve you. God, we praise you and thank you for all that you do and what you have done through Jesus Christ. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.